0: Welcome to the Impact Church podcast. We are a community that doesn't pretend to have all the answers, but aims to have all the hope that you could ever need. We pray that this message is helpful and encourages you no matter what season of life you're in. Enjoy this week's message. Christmas is here, and uh, we are continuing our Christmas series, Blinding Lights, where we have been talking about how sometimes the world can feel a little bit dark at times, but Christmas time is a great time to remind ourselves that there is so much light in amongst all of that darkness, that God is doing so much good. And uh, my goal for today is that by the end of this message, you will be able to see certain situations in your life and even in the world through a different lens. To be able to see more light and less darkness and maybe you're here today or maybe you're watching online and uh, you know this faith this Jesus person hasn't been a part of your story so far or maybe he was once upon a time but not so much anymore well today I want to talk about one of the most life-changing aspects of Jesus one of the incredible things that he does in our lives and hopefully be answering some of those questions about faith that you might have but to begin the message I want to give you a question. And that question is, if you were to write a news article about your life, what would the headline be? If you were to write a news article about your life, what would the headline be? And for some of you, that is way too big a question for right now. So let me rephrase. If you were to write a headline about your current season of life, what would the headline be? Headlines fascinate me because, let's be real, whether we read an article or not is entirely up to the headline, right? And I have seen some incredible headlines on my newsfeed recently. So I wanna show you some of the, the best headlines I've seen recently. Let's check some of them now. Okay, breathing oxygen, linked to staying alive. Who would have thought, right? <laughs> Statistics show that teen pregnancy drops off significantly after age 25. That's another good one. Okay, you feel bad for laughing at this one, but who wrote this, right? One armed man applauds the kindness of strangers. Fired, okay, next one. Bridge closure date, Thursday or October. Just keeps getting better. Okay, just when you thought you were doing it tough, now the cows are losing their jobs because milk prices drop. Okay, and here we go. We hate math, says four in 10, a majority of Americans. So good. Okay, now I want to read you a little bit about this because it's my all-time favorite. Goat accused of robbery. Okay, I want to read you just the last little snippet. Vigilantes saw some hoodlums attempting to rob a car. One escaped while the other turned into a goat. Okay, how can you not read an article like that, right? How amazing. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. There we go. Okay, now now we've got some of the more wholesome ones These are the feel-good ones that I've seen recently the dog cafe that brought a neighborhood together Doesn't it just make you feel good right just reading that? Disabled army veteran conquers the Matterhorn now. That's a good one. That's encouraging right like anything is possible Okay, next one Whale finds new home after a life in captivity. Look at how happy that whale looks doesn't that just bring joy to your soul? Next one, the golden Labrador who keeps on giving. To be honest, most of these good news stories that I saw involved dogs, um, but doesn't it just make you feel good? Now, I want to show you some headlines from this week. New Omicron case in New South Wales as thousands of COVID-19 swabs retested. High risk of thunderstorm asthma forecast in Melbourne. I don't even know what that means, but that sounds terrifying, right? Cole's accused of underpaying staff, $115 million. And just when you thought your life couldn't get any more difficult, now they've discovered a new sea monster (laughs) with an arsenal of deadly teeth right where you take your kids to swim after church. Whatever, whatever the headline of your life story or current season of life might be, it's safe to say that the world can feel like a crazy place at times, right? It can even feel so overwhelming at times to look at the news, to turn the TV on and see what seems to be nothing but darkness, one big mess. I mean, for many of us, we don't even have to look at the world to see darkness. We can just look at our own life and certain situations and see darkness. Maybe for you, it's your finances or a career, a relationship, your home life, mental health. And then on top of all of that, it's Christmas time. Got to deal with the in-laws, got to deal with the kids, got to deal with that relative who drinks far too much eggnog on Christmas morning, right? Where, where is God in all of this? Surely, surely Jesus has something to say about all of this mess? Well, funnily enough, he does. And what Jesus has to say about this issue is both extremely irritating and extremely encouraging at the same time, recorded by one of his followers named John, who I'm gonna tell you a little bit about in just a moment. But Jesus is just wrapping up a message, a sermon that he's giving to his followers, and he concludes by saying this. I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. In the world you will have trouble. You're going to have trouble, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Now, I can imagine... When Jesus first arrived on the scene, all of his followers would have said the exact same thing. They would have looked at Jesus and said, thank God you are finally here. I mean, Jesus, we have been doing it really tough, okay, between the Roman persecution, poverty, sickness. Things have been pretty difficult for us, but you are here now to take it all away. We are ready for that cushy, easy life that we know you want to give us. Thank you, Jesus. I had 99 problems, now I don't got one. Okay, take it from here. And then Jesus looks at his disciples and says, not exactly. Like your life, you are still going to face difficulty. You are still going to face challenges. Just because I'm here and I'm God doesn't mean your life is going to be perfectly easy. In fact, if you decide to follow me in some ways, your life might even become more difficult. I mean, anything worth doing is difficult, right? You are still going to face trouble. And then we can all imagine what the faces of the disciples look like at this point. They would have looked like this, okay? Because what are you talking about, Jesus? Like, you're God, you're here. Come on, help us, right? And maybe you're here, and or maybe you're watching online, and uh, this is actually one of the reasons why you don't want to believe in God, or why you did once upon a time, but stopped along the way. Because you know, you lo- you turn on the TV, you look at all the mess, you look at the darkness, all this all this bad that's happening. You think, where is God in all of this? Well, Jesus addresses this very issue, and he says, in the world, you are going to face. Trouble, just because I'm God and I care about you and I love you and I'm here for you does not mean life isn't without difficulties. There is still sin. There are still consequences. There are still challenges, but but there is a solution, and that solution is standing right in front of you. My wife Ash and I, we uh, went to Japan a few years ago. We planned this amazing trip. And uh, when I was doing research for this trip to make it the best trip possible, I, uh, I discovered something. I came across something that is absolutely incredible. I dare to say, one of the most incredible things I have ever seen in my life. Like, I cannot, I cannot overstate how insanely amazing this thing is. Okay. And I think you'll all agree with me how insanely good this is. In Japan, There is an all-you-can-eat KFC. Okay, I'm going to say that again, and you're all going to clap together, because that's the appropriate reaction that should have happened. In Japan, there is an all-you-can-eat KFC. Thank you, thank you. I saw this, and I thought this. This is the moment I have been training for my entire life. Have you ever had one of those moments where you just know God is real, right? Like you just, this is proof. Like for me, this was that moment. There has to be a God, right? And I was already a pastor at the time, which is concerning. But I was like, you know what? This is it. And so this is why, there's a whole reason why we went on the trip. Like, Ash thought it was like a romantic trip to Japan, you know, Disneyland in the snow, how romantic. It was for KFC. So we, we get there. And um, to get to this KFC, it is a three-hour trip across four different trains. And I have an amazing wife because she was like, this is your dream, let's do it, right? So we travel train after train, hour after hour. And we finally get off the final train to what is going to be the greatest moment of my entire life. Yes, that's including my wedding day. The greatest moment of my entire life. I get off the train, bolt for the door, completely abandoning Ashley, right? I run towards the door only for my soul to be crushed into a million pieces as I see a closed sign on the door. I'm sorry, it's still so difficult to talk about. I, I fell down to my knees right then and there. I looked to heaven and I cried out, God, why have you forsaken me? To make things even worse, there were people in the restaurant eating and taunting me. Turns out they just reached capacity for the day and decided to close. And so that was the worst moment of my life, right? I was so, I was so miserable, okay? And I'm not kidding. I was so sad. The next day we were in Disneyland. I was still sad. I was sad in the happiest place on earth. (laughs) Wrap your head around that. I was sad because we flew across the world to Japan and I didn't get to eat KFC. What a spoiled brat, right? So I'm like, I'm so sad at this point. Anyway, I I get over my temper tantrum and we end up having an incredible trip. But when I first read this scripture, these verses, in the world you'll have trouble, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. I read it as if Jesus was saying, okay, your Japan trip isn't going according to plan. Your plans are falling through, but be of good cheer. When I went there, I had a great time, right? Like, Be of good cheer. You might be struggling. You're going through something right now. But be of good cheer. I overcame all my struggles. Okay, so I'm sure you will too. I read it as if Jesus was that annoying friend, and we all have that friend, right? Where, you know, you're telling them how difficult life is for you right now, and they end up talking about how amazing they're doing. And as an encouragement to, you know, if I can do it, you can do it. I'm sure you can. Right, but that's not what Jesus is saying. What Jesus is saying is so powerful. What Jesus is saying is so life-changing. What Jesus is saying is, you see this thing that you and I have got going on right now, this thing between us? This is called a relationship, which means you and I are in this together. It means that when you're doing great, I'm right there with you. And when you're not doing great, I'm right there with you. Which means that the light that's with you is greater than the darkness that surrounds you. You might not be doing so well right now, but be of good cheer. What I have overcome is far bigger than this. And if I can do it, you can do it because we are in this together. My strength is your strength. My peace is your peace. My light is your light. Be of good cheer. We're going to overcome this together. And what's profound about what Jesus is saying What's profound is that he's saying this in the midst of trouble, in the midst of darkness. Like he hasn't just overcome all of his battles and is now saying, don't worry, I did it. He's saying this in the midst of darkness. As he was saying these words, one of his disciples, Judas, was on his way to betray Jesus. Right after he said these words, one of his best friends in the world, Peter, was going to deny ever knowing him. His disciples were going to completely abandon him. He was about to be crucified on a cross. Knowing that all of this is happening and what lies ahead of him, he looks to his disciples, he looks to you and to me and says, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And what's even more mind-blowing about this is he uses the words, I have overcome. I have overcome. He's using a present tense word. He's using words to describe the outcome of a situation that hasn't even happened yet. He hasn't been betrayed yet. He hasn't been abandoned yet. He hasn't been crucified yet. That's all yet to come. And he knows that lies ahead for him. And yet he still says, I have overcome the world. That's a big call, right? Like, that's like you walking into that job interview you had this week, and first thing you do when you sit down is say, hi, my name is Kevin, and I'll be getting this job today. Are we done? Like, I don't have that kind of confidence. But apparently, Jesus does, because he says, whatever lies ahead, and believe me, I know what is coming my way, I have already overcome it. Not will, not should, not can, I have already overcome it. Which means that whatever lies ahead for you, and believe me, I know what lies ahead for you, I've already overcome it. And therefore, with me, you can too. You might not feel strong enough, but that's okay because I do. And we are in this together. And so we can face the world. And we can face whatever challenges lie ahead and know that we too will overcome those challenges. Why? Because whatever darkness you have faced, are facing, or ever will face is nothing, nothing in comparison to the light of Jesus. Compared to how big God is, no mountain, no giant, no battle that we could ever face can even come close. That, that is God's promise to you and I. Not that there never will be darkness, but that the light will always overcome the darkness. Now that is a reason worth celebrating. That is a reason (laughs) worth having good cheer Okay, so here we have Jesus saying that your life, you're going to face plenty of difficulty, super encouraging. And then he says, but it's okay, because not only am I the solution, but the light that's in me will overcome any darkness that you face. Awesome. Now, what does that mean for you and I? How does that change the way we walk through this next week of our lives? Well, once again, Jesus has an answer to that very question. And John is also the one who records it. Get ready, okay? This is a big one. He says, believe in the light while you have the light so that you may become children of the light. That's the big solution. Believe in the light while you have the light so that you may become children of the light. What on earth is Jesus talking about here? What Jesus is saying is, believe in me, the light of the world, Believe, meaning to place your confidence and your trust in me, and you will experience the light that you believe in. Believe in me, place your confidence, place your trust in me, and your life will be filled with me. Essentially, what he's saying is your beliefs will shape your experiences. What you believe in will determine how you walk through those certain experiences. He's saying, believe in the light. And your life will be filled with that light. Believe in the light and your life will be filled with that light. And we all know this to be true, don't we? That our beliefs shape our experiences. We all know this. It's common knowledge. I, um, I have a fear Some would call it an irrational fear. I would call it a very healthy fear. Um, I have a fear of snakes, okay? Um, And this fear of snakes, it terrifies me, right? Okay, I'm terrified of snakes, um, and it's caused me to avoid them my entire life. I'm, I'm convinced if God ever made a mistake, it was snakes, okay? And cats. But I'm terrified of snakes, terrified of snakes, and... Uh, it's caused me to avoid them my whole life. I'm terrified of snakes for a few reasons, which I would like to share with you today. Um, number one is when I was a kid, I somehow got away with watching a movie called, well, I won't tell you what it's called, okay? But let's just, let me just say it involves snakes on a plane, okay? That's, that's all I'll say. Terrible movie. Uh, go check it out. Um, the no- second reason is uh, when I was swimming in a lake when I was younger, we had a lake near our house, I was uh, swimming, doing freestyle right? And uh, just back and forth across the lake. And as I go to take a breath, I look up. And on the water, gliding next to me, was a snake, okay? Snakes can swim. Did you know that? I didn't know that. No one told me that. I always thought the water was a safe space from snakes. Like when they finally rise up, take over the world, okay, we can just go to the water. No, they can be there too. It doesn't make any sense. They don't have arms, Okay, it shouldn't be possible, right? So um, that's reason number two. And the final reason is um, I was walking my dog that I had as a child to the beach uh, along this path. And, uh, you know, it's all foresty around. And uh, his name was Jack, the Jack Russell. I know, great name. Um, I was a bright child. And uh, uh, we're walking. And up ahead on this path, I see this giant snake, massive, laying across the path. I instantly freeze out of fear and just, you know, good sense, right? I freeze. And then I realize that my dog isn't on a lead. And so he keeps walking up to this dog, up to this snake. And him not being the brightest dog on the planet, walks up to the snake like nothing's happened, sniffs the snake, looks at the snake, and then lifts his leg and pees on the snake. all in front of me, and then finishes up and keeps walking like nothing happened. He didn't look back to me once to see if I was okay. He just carried on to the beach. And then the snake turned to me as if it was saying, you could have stopped that. <laughs> and so in that moment, I had two options. I could either charge towards the snake, jump over the snake and go after my dog, or I could turn around and walk away. That was the last time I ever saw Jack. I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I waited for the snake to move and then I've legged it, right? I'm Terrified of snakes. I've only ever had one good experience with snakes and that was the classic school field trip when you go to the zoo. I don't know if you've been on that field trip for, uh, before with whatever school you went to, but I went on that field trip where you go to the zoo and it's that field trip where the teacher tells you once you're inside and you've signed the permission slip, that you're going to be playing with all the animals, and one of those animals includes holding a snake, okay, and I am terrified at this point, I'm like, okay, I'm freaking out, but then I think to myself, okay, surely all my friends are going to be freaking out as well, like, no one wants to hold a snake, right, like, no, no sane person, right, no offense, snake people, but no one, no one wants to hold a snake. I look over, all my friends are so excited, not for the koalas, not for the kangaroos, But to hold the snake, okay? And I figured to myself, all right, I'm freaking out on the inside, but I have to keep it together on the outside because if I'm the only one in my class that doesn't hold the snake, that's a story that sticks with you for a lifetime, right? So I'm like, okay, keep it together. And so the instructor walks over with a snake twice the size of him, smiling like a crazy person, right? walks over. And starts putting the snake on my friends. They are loving it. They're having a great time, getting photos, all this stuff, right? And then he comes to me. I'm just trying not to wet my pants at this point. Like, he comes to me, clearly sees that I'm freaking out, like, on the inside and trying to keep it together on the outside. And so before he puts the snake on me, he stops. And then he starts to play with the snake and starts to talk to it, starts to get it to follow instructions and feed it. He starts to, uh, starts to just have fun and pat the snake and then without me even noticing he puts the tail of the snake on my shoulder right and you'll never believe what happened somehow i didn't faint okay like somehow and then he put more of the snake on my shoulder and and more of the snake on my shoulder and i am living proof today to tell you that i had a snake on my shoulders for a full 3 seconds okay and i lived to tell the tale right And the funniest thing happened, I actually felt okay in the moment, like beforehand I was super nervous, but I felt okay in the moment, and you see what had happened, and I think you know where I'm going with this, what what had happened was I had confidence, not in myself, not in the snake, not in the situation, I had confidence in the instructor, right? My belief that the instructor knew how to handle this situation, and that he had experienced this before, allowed me to go beyond my fear and to experience what he experiences. I'll never do it again, okay, but it happened, right? You see, when, when you seek out help and when you put your trust and confidence in someone who is further along in life, someone who has experienced and overcome what you are currently facing, it allows you to move beyond your own capability, doesn't it? It helps you to go beyond just your own strength and your own ability, And that's what Jesus is saying to us. He's saying, if you want to overcome, I've overcome, follow me. If you want to experience light, I am light. Believe in me. And so Jesus extends the invitation to you and to me to experience this light in our lives, to follow him, to believe in him, and to experience the same victory that he too has experienced And so for you, in your life, what does that look like? How does that change the way we walk through this coming week? Well, let's look at some of the big ticket items, shall we? Some of the big things that you and I face in our everyday life. You know, you've got home life, relationships, career, finances, mental health, just to name a few. Jesus tells us that if any of these areas feel dark in your life, and if you want to experience the light that he has to offer, We need to believe that he can bring light into these areas. And like we said before, believing, it's not a passive word, it's an action word. It means to actively place your trust and confidence in him, to walk as if you know it to be true. If you want to experience the light that Jesus has to offer in these situations, you need to invite God in and trust. Walk as though, he is bringing light into those situations. And so for me, uh, you know, mental health, for example, is one of the ones that you know, we all probably have our own journey with. For me, it's something uh, you know, not super uh, long ago that I've dealt with uh, you know, this issue. I used to get um, anxious thoughts, I would say. Anxious thoughts uh, each week when things would come up in my calendar, work life, home life, whatever. Um, things would come up in my calendar in my week and I would get these anxious thoughts that were that were pretty severe, that would keep me up all throughout the night, that would make me stress constantly when I wake up, when I go to sleep. Um, you know, and, and it would be you know, something that consumed my mind for a long period of time. I don't know if you've ever been like that before where you, know, you just go to like the worst possible scenario when something's coming up, right? So um, this, is, this was a period of my life where I was experiencing this. And so I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I give up trying to fix my own thoughts, I can't do it, right? And so I decided, all right, you know, I'll give what Jesus says a try. So I decided to invite God in and try to trust him with my thought life. So I just simply prayed, God, I can't fix my thoughts, but you said that you can. So would you please do that, right? And so eventually he led me to different conversations with different people, which was helpful, but he led me to uh, scriptures, And things that I could fill my mind with. Things like be anxious for nothing. But in every situation, pray. Be anxious for nothing. And so whenever those anxious thoughts started to come my way, instead of my first response and my first reaction being a meltdown and to freak out, my first reaction, my first response was to pray and to trust God, to invite God in. And it really helped, don't get me wrong, Jesus would tell the truth when he said, the darkness won't just disappear, you're still gonna face challenges. I still get anxious thoughts every now and then, but instead of my first reaction being to freak out, my first reaction, the way I walk through that situation has changed, the way I view that situation has changed. I can view and walk through that situation through the lens of the light of Jesus. And so maybe for you, Maybe it's your home life or a relationship that you're feeling darkness in. How can you invite God into that situation? Can you pray with your partner every now and then? Can you go see help from someone who is further along than you? Can you read the Bible once a week together as a family? How can you shed some light in that situation? Maybe it's your career or your finances that are feeling a little bit dark at the moment. How can you invite God into That situation, can you be a blessing to other people even if you don't think it's a wise financial decision? Can you set reminders throughout your workday to stop and pause and pray and to just trust God for 30 seconds throughout your day? How can you invite God in? Maybe it's mental health. Can you start your day with worship music rather than social media? Can you listen to a podcast in the car rather than the radio? Can you finally get yourself into a connect group and prioritize getting around people who are going to build your faith up and build your life up? See, when we invite God into these dark situations, it allows us to see and walk through these situations differently. The situation might still be there. The world might still seem dark, but we're going to see it through a different lens. We can walk through it through a different lens. And that is God's promise to us. Not that he would fix all of our problems and change all of our circumstances, but that he would teach us how to walk through them and view them through a different lens. And so no one, no one experienced this quite like John, the author of this account of Jesus. John the guy who wrote down these very words. No one has experienced this more than him. Okay, so John and his brother, when they first met Jesus, they gave off such a strong, this is amazing, they gave off such a strong first impression that Jesus gave them a nickname that is in the Bible forever, okay? And their nickname was Sons of Thunder. Sons of Thunder. They gave, he gave them this nickname because of how bad their tempers were and how quickly they flew off the handle towards people. How hilarious is that? Like that That's actually recorded in the Bible. There's an instance where some people were annoying John and his brother. They were, they were irritating the disciples. So John walks up to Jesus and asks Jesus if they can pray and call down fire from heaven to destroy those other people. How amazing is that, right? Like I'm sure we have all thought that about someone before. A co-worker, sibling, maybe the person you're sitting next to. That's true, just keep looking at me, they'll never know. I'm sure we've all thought that about someone before. But John straight up asked Jesus if he would do it, right? Like, that, that's John. And side note, if you think you're too messed up for Jesus, John wasn't, so I think you're going to be okay, right? That's John, son of thunder. But then something happened to John. Something happened to John along the way. John hung around the light long enough. John put his confidence in the light so much that his life began to be filled with light. And John, the one who was once known as the son of thunder, was later in his life referred to as the apostle of love. The apostle of love. That's a complete 180 turn, right? The fire, brimstone, judgment, get him, Jesus kind of guy, to now being known as one of the most loving disciples, several times referencing himself in his own account of the life of Jesus as the disciple whom Jesus loved. That's the title he gave himself. John believed in the light so much so that he was filled in the light. And so here's what it all comes down to. John's circumstances didn't change. The headlines in the news didn't change. But the headline of John's life changed. And this is what it all comes down to. Because of Jesus, because of Jesus, you and I, we can rewrite the headlines of our lives. Because of Jesus. Come on, we can rewrite the headlines of our lives lives. And instead of seeing all of this darkness, instead of seeing all of this mess, we can begin to see more things like this. Weary soul finds rest. Broken marriage restored. Wayward children return. Reputation rebuilt. Ordinary person changes the world in the midst of chaos. Peace and hope are found. Because of Jesus, you and I can rewrite the headlines of our lives in a world that seems like it's just full of bad news. Jesus offers us good news. And that good news, that light, is far greater than anything you and I can face in life. And so if you're here, if you're watching online, and there are some things in your life that feel dark at the moment, Or maybe you're just sick of seeing the world full of darkness. Every time you turn on the TV, just feeling down about everything that's going on. You wanna see some more light in the world or you wanna be a light in the midst of all this darkness. I just wanna leave you with two questions that you can think about if you so choose. The first question is how can I invite God in? What can I invite God into and trust Him with? What do you need? to invite God into? What's that situation? Maybe it's your home life, maybe it's a relationship, finances, your career, thoughts about the past, the future, whatever it might be. What do you need to invite God into? Place your confidence and your trust in Him with. And this second one, this is is just for fun. This is just to have a bit of fun with. Whatever the headline of your life story was at the beginning of this message, If you added the light of Jesus, what would the new headline of your life story be? If you added the light of Jesus, whatever that current headline, that situation that's keeping you down, if you added the light of Jesus, what would the new headline of your life story be? Knowing, remembering that Jesus spoke of victory. He spoke of overcoming and breakthrough before the battle had even begun. And therefore, because of Him, you can too. Because of Jesus, we can rewrite the headlines of our situations, our seasons of life. We can see light in amongst all the darkness. We can see all the good that God is doing. And believe me, there is so much good that God is doing and He ain't stopping any time soon. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. First and foremost, that you care about us and you want to meet us where we're at, whether that's doing great or doing not so great right now, you're right there with us in this relationship. But God, we are so thankful that your light that you have to offer is greater than any darkness we might face. And so right now, we place our trust and our confidence in you. We trust you with our finances, our career. We trust you with that situation that's coming up this week, that's keeping us up at night. We trust you with our kids, with our relationships, God, we place our confidence in you because we know that if we have you, we will overcome. And we thank you for that. And we're expecting that this week we're going to see things and we're going to walk through things a little bit differently. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for this week's message. We hope it was helpful to you and practical for your life. Ultimately, we pray that this inspired you to consider taking a next step in your relationship with Jesus, whatever that may look like for you. If that's something you would like to do, we would encourage you to get in touch with us via the details in the podcast description. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time.